Welcome to this, the next edition of our daily devotions coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. So happy that you've joined us and grateful that we'll get to spend some time together reflecting on God's word. Let's now take a moment to prepare our hearts and minds by listening to some beautiful music. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today we have two stories from the Old Testament for our consideration. The first comes from the book of Exodus, the 32nd chapter, verses 1 through 6. Hear the word of God. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took these from them, formed them into a mold, and cast an image of a calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. And they rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought sacrifices of well-being. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. Our second lesson is from the book of Judges, the 17th chapter, verses 1 through 13. 
There was a man in the hill country of Ephraim whose name was Micah. He said to his mother, The eleven hundred pieces of silver that were taken from you, about which you uttered a curse and even spoke it in my hearing, well, that silver is in my possession. I took it, but now I will return it to you. And his mother said, Ah, may my son be blessed by the Lord. Then he returned the eleven hundred pieces of silver to his mother, and his mother said, I consecrate the silver to the Lord from my hand for my son to make an idol of cast metal. So when he returned the money to his mother, his mother took 200 pieces of silver, gave it to the silversmith who made it into an idol of cast metal, and it was in the house of Micah. This man Micah had a shrine, and he made an ephod and teraphim and installed one of his sons who became his priest. In those days, there was no king in Israel. All the people did what was right in their own eyes. Now, there was a young man of Bethlehem in Judah, of the clan of Judah. He was a Levite residing there, and this man left the town of Bethlehem in Judah to live wherever he could find a place. He came to the house of Micah in the hill country of Ephraim to carry on his work. And Micah said to him, From where do you come? He replied, I'm a Levite of Bethlehem and Judah, and I'm going to live wherever I can find a place. Then Micah said to him, Stay with me, and be to me a father and a priest, and I will give you ten pieces of silver a year, a set of clothes, and your living. The Levite agreed to stay with the man, and the young man became to him like one of his sons. So Micah installed the Levite, and the young man became his priest, and was in the house of Micah. Then Micah said, now I know that the Lord will prosper me because the Levite has become my priest. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A poem by Wilbur Reese. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of God to make me love a black man or pick beets with a migrant. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Our stories today bring to light the temptation we all face when it comes to our yearning for God. Pascal said we all have within us a God-shaped vacuum. Another way of saying that is that we all yearn for some experience of the transcendent, some connection to the cosmic force behind the universe and hopefully behind our lives. And the temptation is to create a God that is simply a reflection of what we want. Not a God beyond us, but a God that comes from within us. So the people of Israel, who at one point thought that God had brought them a deliverer, Moses, when they finally got delivered and when they finally got some instructions and commands and when life didn't seem to be going the way they wanted it to go, they corner the second in command, Aaron, and they get him to make for them a golden calf, an idol upon which to project their desires, a non-living cast of gold, something that's going to give them hopefully what they want. 
Likewise, Micah in our story, and we're to keep in mind that this is not Micah the prophet, but Micah uh, who just shows up in this particular story. Micah who tries to steal silver from his mother and then returns it, then gets back a few hundred pieces and then turns it into an idol and builds for it a shrine and even convinces a Levite, a religious leader, to sign on as the resident priest for his shrine. All for the purposes, we can imagine, of creating a God that will help him live out his delusion of thinking that really he should be the center of the universe. Well, these stories are, of course, warnings to the people of God to beware of the great temptation to make the material the center of the spiritual. I suspect you know what I mean. For who doesn't have the temptation to make the material the center of the spiritual? We all have this quest for something material that we hope will make our spirits satisfied. We, who doesn't crave some kind of thing that we feel like we just have to have? 90% of advertising is designed to convince you of material things that you just have to have. I've been a penny collector since I was a kid. For several years when I was young, I collected Lincoln head pennies that date back to 1909, which is when they were first minted. And like with every collectible, there's always the holy grail, those pennies that are rare and hard to find. And of course, they're worth a lot and they uh, cost a lot along with it. And, but you know, when you're a collector, those are the things that you end up feeling like you have to have. A man that would watch me combing the penny collector sites looking for one of these rare beauties that was somehow going to make my life more complete. For years, I yearned to acquire a 1909 SVDB, one of the more difficult pennies to find. And finally came the day when I found one that I thought I could afford. And I purchased it, and it came in the mail, and I opened it up. And there it was, the 1909 SVDB. And I could say now that now I had a 1909 SVDB, which to 99% of human beings doesn't matter one lick. But because it's so rare, I, it had to be kept into an airtight plastic compartment so that I couldn't even touch it. And it couldn't touch me, it couldn't speak to me, it couldn't relate to me, it was cold and lifeless and untouchable, and it made absolutely no difference in my life, and nobody really even cared that I had it. We'd like $3 worth of God, please to make me feel good, to be that warm cup of milk to hold on to and say, mm, this is mine. But the God of Israel yearns for more for us. The God of Israel wants to engage us, relate to us, shape us, fill us, give us joy. The God of Israel wants to invite us into the abundant life, the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus. And the way to get there is to push aside all the idols and pennies and trinkets and tokens that we are wont to bow to and adore so that we can allow the God of heaven to fill us and shape us into the creatures he's designed us to be. Mother Teresa put it this way, we all long for heaven where God is, but we have it within our power to be in heaven with God right now, to be happy with God at this very moment. 
But being happy with God now means loving as he loves, helping as he helps, giving as he gives, serving as he serves, rescuing as he rescues, being with him for all the 24 hours, touching him in his distressing disguise. Touching him in his distressing disguise. For this is how God comes alive. When we follow God to all the people that God loves, especially the ones that we keep distance from, the man of color, the immigrant picking beets, the person of a different political persuasion, the person who cuts your lawn. Here is where God comes alive, appearing in all the distressing disguises, in flesh and blood, and in all the complications each one of us brings to this world. And as we touch them, we come alive. Let us pray. Thou shalt not make for yourself a graven image. So we remember what the Ten Commandments say. We confess, O Lord, to how hard that is. We want the world to be our way. We want to stay inside our own comfort zones. But we know that you are bigger than that. Thank God you are bigger than that. And thank God we can be bigger too. Help us, O oh God, to grow more into you. In Jesus' name, amen.